The following podcast is part of the Joy Road Media family. Enjoy. Minnesota may be the land of 10,000 lakes, but we have 11,000. And guess what? Five of them are great. It's Great Lakes Celebrates with your host, Elena Gonzalez. Every week we celebrate noteworthy Michiganders. I'm Mike Bobbitt. Think of me as the salt in your better maid. And she's the bubbles in your burners. It's Elena Gonzalez. Hi, Mike. Hello. Uh, I don't know how much uh, it's gonna it's gonna bleed through in the audio, but uh, I do know that tomorrow is someone's birthday. So I had every bird in the neighborhood come over and sing you a little song (laughs) that's what i I got you for your birthday we're taking advantage (laughs) of the uh 15 minutes of summer in michigan (laughs) and we're recording outside yes yes it's so nice and uh yeah like like you said it will last approximately 15 minutes i thought that we were gonna have it earlier it kind of teased us and then came back we had you know that late snow and and now we're flirting with rain every other day and it's it's always an adventure. Yeah. This is this is a really fun episode for me too for it you know technically being my birthday mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. You interviewed one of my favorite people in the world and uh one my absolutely my favorite performance artist Satori Circus. And I'm really looking forward to hearing that. Also, birthday, birthday, birthday. It's, uh, yeah, it, it was, it's really great to to connect with people on that level. So, and I say it in, in a bunch of the interviews that I don't, I don't see myself as that level of, of creative, but to see someone's eyes light up and to hear their passion for what they're doing it's yeah. really that's my it's my favorite part of this show and and he's no different he's oh you're gonna you're gonna love that interview what do you what do you have planned for your birthday well uh where we are at right now my backyard there mm-hmm. is going to be a party here <gasps> and uh of course you have been invited mm-hmm. And it will be a kid-friendly party because we, uh, Allison and I, put up that swimming pool nice. over yonder, and uh, so uh, yeah. Part of me was asking because I wasn't sure if that was a surprise or not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I didn't want to lead into oh, it. Oh, good. <laughs> and if you followed me on Facebook, you know the saga of the swing set that is not in the backyard yes. right now, nor yes. will it be. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to talk we should talk about that next episode. We'll we'll get into the into the saga. So, uh this summer there's we talk about having kid-friendly parties and I know that that's um that that's key in your um in your world and mine too. My oh, son yeah. is all about learning. Is he just turned 5 and everything is an adventure and learning and so I'm looking for things to do. And I found out that in Flint this summer, um, the Sloan Museum of Discovery is going to be reopening. They went through a $30 million renovation. They doubled it in square feet. um, And they've built this large structure that people can climb on. 
as well as a water table where people can learn about the formation of the Great Lakes. There's going to be a maker space where people can learn how to use various tools, ask questions. Um, there's also going to be multiple learning labs and early childhood gallery. Um, it's just, it's, it's all encompassing. And the best part is that everything was designed with accessibility in mind. So oh, that's great. Yeah. So if somebody hits their limit and they need to go to a quiet room, they have that. Um, if, uh, if uh, someone's in a wheelchair, the, the worker tables are at varying heights. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's really accessible. And uh, for Genesee County residents, admission is free. Ooh. So uh, when does that open again? July 16th. So uh, Big Rig and I will definitely, definitely be going to check that out. That sounds really cool. I think we should do that for each episode this summer. Let's highlight a cool family activity. Oh, that's a for... great idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's stay tuned for... For a cool, fun activity. Um, I know that uh, kind of off off mic. You're going to bring up my age again, aren't you, with no, this next story? I, I'm not, actually. Before you ask, yes, I did. <laughs> I already knew that you did. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I did not have to ask. I was going to say, before we started recording off mic, um, I was talking to the lovely and talented Allison about your son getting a haircut. Right. And um, and just kid haircuts um, in general. And then I see that uh, one of our stories is about the mullet queen of Michigan. And so what I was going to ask is uh, if if you would carry that mullet tradition over over to your your son. This is how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. I did whatever I wanted to do with my hair because I kind of looked at my dad and my mom's dad and realized genetically I probably wasn't going to hold on to my hair very long and it turns out I was right so the clock I, is ticking. <laughs> I had green hair orange hair blue hair during the pandemic uh -huh. uh, which there's nothing sadder than a, a balding guy in his late 40s <laughs> trying to dye his hair blue <laughs> and uh um but uh, yeah, if uh, he wants a mullet, then he can have a mullet. All right. I, yeah, whatever he wants to do. If he wants a mohawk, if he, you know, if there's some crazy hairstyle that they don't even have yet, mm -hmm. if he wants it, whatever color he wants, more power to him. I He's love probably it. not going to get to keep it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, then, then. Once he can ask for it, uh, we'll, we'll road trip out to go see Ashley Medina. And apologies, Ashley, because I know that it could be Medina. It could be Medina. And I'm probably picking the wrong one. So I'm just going to keep saying both. But she's out of Bliss Salon and Spa out there in Lansing. And people are driving hours to get a mullet from her. Yeah. Like, I saw pictures and like she's big on TikTok it, for it, being the mullet queen of Michigan. Yeah. And she rocks a mullet. I bet she does. Uh, one guy even, he went and got a mullet from her and then named his business Guy with a Mullet Landscaping. That's Because now awesome. he's got the Medina mullet. So uh, it's it's getting close to being the only hairstyle that that, that salon does. That's so, perfect. So give her a call. Uh, get in there and uh, and get your mullet. Now, the person who did my most recent tattoo mm -hmm. 
had a mullet. Mm. And I'm really big into uh, this Australian punk band called Amel and the Sniffers. And Amy, the singer, the Amel of mm-hmm. the band, has a mullet. Would you ever do a mullet? Because I feel like they look really good on women now. Yeah, I I can see the logistics of it. And it makes sense. Like, it, it would be easier to care for. Um, less hair to dry, easier to style. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I am so, I'm not opposed to them on other people. Um, but I don't know if I could ever start that, start that shaver up. Angie did a mullet, the producer of the show. Really? Yeah. How did she like it? It was great. She does. She has cool hair. She does have cool hair. And you have cool hair too. But well, you have nice hair. You don't have like <laughs> punk rock cool hair. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I, I started dyeing my hair, uh, fun colors like twenty two years ago, when people cared about having fun colors in your hair. So oh yeah, it had to be like I had a a corporate-y kind of job. So I had little peekaboo streaks, and then it got to the point where nobody cared anymore, but I had already kind of set the precedent of my peekaboo streak. So I still get hot pink and blue, but it's hidden most of the time. And then I can flip my hair and go, Oh, I have blue. Um, and I've kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not as adventurous in the way of, uh, this works. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's kind of boring. I think you could rock a mullet. All right, we'll see. I need a special occasion, maybe like a, like a Halloween or yeah. You could go as uh, Helen Slater and Legend of Billie Jean. <laughs> <laughs> I would win every costume contest yes. ever. <laughs> you just pull off the arms of a uh, wetsuit, and uh... <laughs> I made Allison watch the Legend of Billie Jean for my other podcast you made me watch and Why am uh, I not surprised? because she is 11 years younger than I am mm-hmm. and was a wee toddler when that movie came out she did not appreciate it like I did <laughs> I feel like it would be the only uh costume contest where I would have to pay out if anybody recognized me <laughs> that's that's how it would work <laughs> Uh, so do you want to get to the Satori yes, Circus yes, interview? Yes, yes, oh, yes. good. Yes, let's let's the, get this birthday party started. I'm not going to lie. This is the best pre-birthday par- present I've ever gotten. You're welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Thanks good. so much for uh, for chatting with us today. Well, thank you guys for you know the invite. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, looking at your long list of activities and and all the things that have been been happening over the last 34 years, I don't know if we're going to have enough time to really cover all of it. But well, I, uh... yeah, I, I'll do it like you know shorthand. <laughs> 
Yeah. Perfect. 88, I started and it's 2022. So there you go. All right. There we you. go. Thank you so much for stopping right. by. It I'm was out. fantastic to meet you. <laughs> so yeah, 88, you start. But the first thing, uh, we little little peek behind the curtain. We, we chatted for a minute before we turned the microphones on. But I was fascinated. I didn't know that Satori actually has has more of a meaning. I mean, I guess everything means something, but it just was like, oh, Satori Circus, that's just the name of it. But where does that name actually come from? Yeah, it was um, going back to late 79, Bauhaus, the goth mm, band, mm-hmm. had, had a song, and uh, they've always been one of my favorites. And they had a song called Searching for Satori, and okay. then in parentheses, Kicked in the Eye. And I was like, wow, that's I like the word. I like mm-hmm. the title of the song. So back in that day, you got out a book and you looked up <laughs> what the definition was. Uh-huh. And uh, it led me to a lot of different things. It led me to uh, a Kerouac novel called Satori in Paris. Oh. Uh, what he what he gave as a definition for Satori, which was kick in the eye, sudden impact. And so in Bauhaus being one of my favorites, I mm-hmm. just dug the word and what it meant, which is like in, in Buddhist terms, it's pure illumination, pure truth, oh. pure health. You know, it's it's kind of like Nirvana. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are several different things that we call enlightenment, right? So, mm-hmm. and it's just another term that means that. And I just dug it. And everyday life growing up in Detroit was kind of a circus, you know, yeah. whether it was on the street or in the house or at school or whatever. So it just seemed to fit. That was 1988 when I called it, started calling it Satori Circus. So what, you know. um, what kind of put you down that path to, to go into this performance art uh, kind of space? Just happenstance. I mm-hmm. was coming out of, uh, you know, the, the punk rock world, was doing some performance with one of my friends mm-hmm. uh, who was part of a band that I was in. And uh, we were using all these elements that we enjoyed, Super 8 movies, overhead projectors, candles, you know, dollar store merchandise, whatever we could find to build our props and costumes and kind of illustrate our songs. And I just picked up that and kind of embraced all that fun stuff that we were doing and created my own version using those elements as a stepping stone to create this musical hybrid theater that got a performance art tag to it. Cause I never knew I didn't, wasn't familiar with any of that uh-huh. stuff. I just was doing my own thing. Yeah. Recording the music, singing along to the pre-recorded interacting with props and costumes, lighting, film movement. And some gentlemen saw me in 94 and I ended up getting a scholarship to the university of Michigan to work on a master's in performance art. Well, that's, that's a hell of a switch. <laughs> it was, it was a, yeah, it was a trip. I was 33, 34, uh-huh. uh, was not a very good student. Not one of my favorite things to do. And yeah. I got this full ride to go to the university of Michigan. Wow. That's fascinating because I never knew that that even existed, like to hear performance art and to my understanding of things that fill my brain when I, when I hear that that phrase 
it's not something that can be taught, quote unquote. So you wouldn't go to school to to learn how to become a performance artist. Right. But what were you what were you doing at U of M? Was it was it just kind of like an independent study piece then sponsored by U of M? Or was it kind of going into I don't I don't want to lead the witness too much, but I'm confused and fascinated all at once at how they uh, would do that. It was a, a gentleman who's a dear friend, Ed West. He started, he was the dean of uh, undergrad at the okay. School of Art. And he came from Chicago. He came from Rochester. He'd done a lot of different programs and a lot of different other universities and wanted to kind of broaden what the School of Art was offering since he had come from New York and Chicago and uh, New Mexico mm-hmm. and had seen all this other stuff. So he basically created this hybrid program and then invited 10 artists and of which I was one of them. And he grabbed people from from painting who were painting on like just weird surfaces Mm -hmm. uh, to a kinetic sculptor who was doing these massive kinetic sculptures to a clay artist who was making these like, you know, 12 foot wheels, filmmaker with loops. I mean, we were all coming from a different strategy or background Mm -hmm. and we were taking what we knew and learned and we're building upon that to make it a different type of uh, hybrid of our own expertise. And I was just coming in from all over the place. And what it allowed me to do is actually study about the history of where some of my energy may come from, like okay. Black Mountain, like Alan Capra and the happenings in the 50s, even Warhol, the whole pop scene, the whole mm-hmm. Dada scene. And God, it, it started years ago. You know, I mean, Leonardo da Vinci was doing, you know, boat wars in the Venice, you know, right now. I mean, right. So it gave me an opportunity to study and look at all these other things that I was a part of, but not a part of, because I didn't know. And so I just considered myself, yeah, I just considered myself a performer until I started going to school and learning. And it was performance art that I was learning and jumping into is a completely different, I think, form or definition of what a lot of people consider performance art today to be. Because you know, and it's nothing against any of these individuals. I know quite a few of them in the community, whether it's fire, hooping, aerial. Very few times have I seen them building and bringing in other elements. See, okay. so to me, my head, performance art is, it's got music, it's got film, it's got lights, it's got characters, it's got movement, it's got attitude, it's got all these different mediums to make up the hybrid performance art thing. Whereas a lot of performance artists today do fire, but in the theater, theatrical way and that's considered performance art and that's cool i see what you mean so so I'm, focusing on on one medium versus a multi yeah and some of them like incorporate other mediums you know mm-hmm. and i haven't seen enough to like judge and i'm of course you know, i'm doing like a generalization but yeah. that's where i came from was bringing in everything in the kitchen sink mm-hmm. where a lot of younger performers in their 20s and 30s who consider themselves to be performance artists are doing drag or they're mm-hmm. doing aerial or they're doing fire or mm-hmm. fire and DJing. And that's cool. It's yeah. just a different definition, like, right. like non-binary, you mm-hmm. know, that's a, yeah. a new thing that I'm an old folk and sometimes I stumble over it. And it, yeah. it, it's, it's just because I, you know, I'm learning. Yeah. 
but I, I can't even begin to imagine, you know, what, what has changed and transpired over the last, you know, 30 plus years, especially in, in that space, you know? So, you know, we talk about, we talk about language, but then you look at even just is I won't say niche, but kind of a small universe of of performance art, and it it has to be night and day. It it is, you know, and there's a lot of crossovers. There's that Venn diagram out there that exists in like all mediums of art, mm-hmm. you know. But you have fetish performance art. You have you know burlesque, drag performance art. You have you know a lot of different stuff. Like some of the these wild, crazy, courageous fire performers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are doing their performance art. So so it's taken me a while. I was like, no, that's not performance. Like, no, that's not. Yeah, I, I use all these things. Yeah. That's performance art. Cause that's yeah. what I know. That's what I learned. That's what everybody uh-huh. else is doing. But no, it, you know, it changes along the way, man. Yeah. You know, it has to, you know, so I'm just old school. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're telling them to get off your, off your lawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I guess I am. Jeez. Oh, now looking at at that and and we talk about it I've seen it a lot in say say comedy for instance or in filmmaking that as things have become more broad terms have opened up doors have opened up and technology has made it easier for for anyone to get in kind of on an entry level I see that as a plus that you know more people are able to dabble and more people are able to express themselves and in whatever way they want to they're putting up a short clip on YouTube. They're, you know, they're doing all of these things. It's pretty wild. Yeah. But in the same sense, that also means that as a a viewer of art, that I now have 10 billion options, whereas before maybe I had a thousand options. How have you seen that change with with your audience and people that are connecting with your art? Do you feel like they're still, that they're still able to, to, you know, come out to a show, have that experience and take the quarantine part out of it. We'll talk about that in a minute, but to still have that experience with you um, and still connect, or Mm -hmm. is that landscape changed as well? Well, you can't without saying the pandemic at least one time right now. So pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It changed a lot of how we see things, you know, the birth of TikTok, the broadening of Instagram, you right. know, Facebook on how it's changed uh, and all the other social media platforms that are out there. You know, it's it's changed our way of seeing, viewing, feeling. Do you think it's like, changed you know, attention spans too? Well, I think we are getting there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I was an ADD child in the sixties. So and, <laughs> right. and I, I, I taught for a while, like seven years. And I saw a lot of ADH and ADHD, uh, ADD, ADHD. There yeah. we go. Yep. Sorry. All, the, all the letters. <laughs> all the letters. PPS, STP. Uh-huh. Anyway. So, you know, it just, um, I, I think it has changed for mm-hmm. a lot of us, you know, and I know that it has changed for me mm-hmm. and I try to, you know, I deal with it, how I deal with it, you know, but yeah, it's, I think it has changed. I think technology has just changed how quick we need to see things or get things or whatever, you know? Right. And what did you do? I mean, talking about the quarantine and the, and the pandemic, you know, you 
to spend 30 years surrounded by people and surrounded by that energy and, and, you know, whatever the art form was in the moment to take that extremely socially expressive thing. Mm -hmm. And now you're cut off from, from everyone. How does that, how does that look in your world? Well, you know, it was tough. Um, I, uh, as soon as I was able, I was able to get the, you know, the the vaccination I did because I have uh, an older father that, you know, Mm -hmm. that the family and I, the family works with. So I always had to be on my toes because I didn't want to drop the ball or not help out with right. with dad. So mm-hmm. there was that. And it just made me worried about how we kept on doing this for, you know, a year and a half yeah. until mm-hmm. recently. And, you know, I was, I have a nine to five. So I was working that I was essential mm-hmm. and I was in there nobody was around me for months and months and months while I was doing stuff in the offices. So I, I isolated myself and was always trying to figure out how to do other things, mm-hmm. but I just never pulled it together. And now I'm working on several things to actually infiltrate social media, you know, oh. photography and videos. And it, it's going to be a minute. It's going to be a couple more months before something comes to, you know, fruition. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I've been, you know, working on it and writing it, but it, you know, they always say you're as good as your last show, yeah. you know, or you're as brilliant as your last painting or whatever it is. And I basically have had two years to figure it all out and have done really nothing, you know, mm-hmm. other than my 365 project. Oh, what's that? Well, what's the 365? It was the 365 is where I decided after the pandemic, my girlfriend and I were down in New Orleans and I was going to have shows. And that was the beginning of it. And that was March like 12th of 2020. Okay. And Mayor and the governor of Louisiana shut everything down. Venues were closing left and right. The place that I was going to be performing, uh, four hours before we went on stage, they decided to shut their doors. Oh, so we ended up com- wow. coming coming back early, quarantining. And then that point on, I started thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I took the project on, since I wasn't performing, mm-hmm. that I would write a song, a tune, a ditty, whatever you want to call it, a day oh. for a whole year. Oh, so yeah, it took me a while. Actually, I was a couple months late just because I had a computer issue where it crashed and I lost a bunch. Oh no! Uh, and it started over, and also, you know, you, you kind of dry up along yeah. with your donuts. <laughs> and your donuts behind you. So, you know, having uh, a, a creative block and getting past the, the computer dump, it just took me a while, but I managed to get back on everything and mm-hmm. finish the project. Uh, it was finished late November of last year. Wow. So that summer- is a that is a different kind of discipline. That is yeah. that is really impressive. They're all electronic, you know, nothing's, you know, acoustic or that stuff. I just made it easy to get through in a couple of hours to piece things together and then figure it all out. And it was a gas. It was a lot of fun. There's some great stuff that came out of it. There's some like, eh. there's mm-hmm. some like, whoa. Yeah. And, you know, so it, out of 365, you know. And that's fun. the thing. I mean, for any anybody out there that is that is that type of creative, whether they're a writer or a performer, it really is just kind of doing it. Like that's, yeah. that's the majority of the work is do it. Don't worry about right. the quality. Cause you will, you will, uh, 
it was a lot of fun to do it, you know? Exactly. It's just an experiment to keep yourself fluid, to Mm -hmm. keep yourself, you know, in the know, to learn a little bit on editing and piecing stuff together and how to mix. So there was a lot of different things. I'm not great at any of it, but at least I can put a couple of things together and go, yeah, Yeah. maybe uh, a little little louder there, a little softer. So you just learn, you know? So that was a gas. That was a lot of fun. That's really great. This may be, this may be a little bit like, uh, like picking your favorite child. So I understand if you can't, but I know that you've done a lot. You've done a lot of different mediums. What kind of really stands out and, and sparks your passion? Doesn't mean that, that you feel like you're the best at it, but what, which one of them always always kind of lights your fire? Uh, I would have, you know, I, I'm an okay singer, but I, I, I definitely like to sing a lot, Okay, but I also like to have people forget where they are when they see a show. Interesting. Okay. I like, I like people to, you know, I never really kind of, um, when I put pieces together, I have the, pardon me, I have the idea, but I, I don't ever like tell people what my idea was. People have asked, so what were you thinking about them? Like, I don't know. What were you thinking? What do you, what, what mm-hmm. did you think it meant? You know, because I like the fact that my pieces are living differently through other uh, individuals' perceptions and what they bring to the table. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the storytelling aspect where it becomes something else for the viewer, for the audience. That's, that's really great. Are because, you doing, oh, no, go ahead. No, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, because I was going to, I was going to turn it and I want to hear, I want to hear the rest of this. Oh, I just, yeah. I, I just like the idea of the piece still evolving. Yeah. Not, not ever being finished. You know, I just, you know, because uh, old, uh, Picasso had a great quote. Uh, he said that an artist never finishes his work. He just merely abandons it. So, oh. you know, because new ideas pop in your head constantly. So a lot of times, you know, you never quite flesh out what your initial thought is, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I just took that and made it different and not necessarily abandoned, but it's like, I just gave it. Yeah, I did it on stage. What do you guys think? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, what's it about for you guys? Because it could be about a million different things. And that's kind of where I write a lot of times, like all over the place. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, that's what I love about, you know, event experiences in those ways. I'm, I'm very much that type of person. I don't, I don't spend money on material things. I spend money on experiences and I have mm-hmm. those moments of connection, whether it is at a, you know, live music or performance art or, or seeing something or experiencing something. And it is exactly that. Like what, what emotions is this bringing out in me? What memories are, is this bringing out in me? What, what ideas has this kind of steered me toward that I didn't have before? And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what's sexy about it all to me. Are you doing, uh, are you doing shows currently? Have you started doing shows again? No, uh, no, I have not. Uh, Not for, not for wanting. I just haven't pursued places have changed as far as like where you perform these days and what to perform and how to perform. And, you know, there's a lot of nooks and crannies out there that are no longer available, but I'm constantly, I have like maybe two or three projects that I spend time with. And one of them is like in its 80 percentile the other okay. one's probably about 30%. Uh-huh. And another one is more kind of like in that 30%. So okay. I've been jumping around, but I'm not going to do anything just yet. 
hopefully I'll have something more cooking in the summertime, maybe even late spring, but I'd rather doubt the late spring. I think it's going to be more summer. Yeah. And I think what I'm going to end up doing is doing little shows and uh, actually asking some of my friends if they have garages and have a garage door and can clean out their garage Mm -hmm. and invite whoever they want to and set up seats right in front of the garage and we'll use the garage door as the curtain. Oh, that's perfect. These little like half hour, 45 minute shows and just, just to do something for people and to give back. And I'm not looking to score that million dollar winner just yet. But yeah. after two years, I think I, I need to do something to get back into where I was. Mm-hmm. And a lot's happened in two years. Yeah. You know? So mentally and physically. And so you want to get back to where you were in that. You can't just like go, oh, I got oh, it. I'm it's a- back on. Right. No, it's <laughs> no, no. It takes you a little bit longer. So Yeah. No, I, uh, I'm, I don't know. I, 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 I play around in the in the comedy community and uh, felt that very much last summer. Just felt kind of out of touch and not connecting with not only an audience but with other comics. And I I did that exact thing. I have a garage, so if you're in the Westland Livonia area and you want a garage, I can I can provide that. But we we started doing little you know, open mics in, in my backyard. And it was exactly for that reason to say, okay, we are still alive. This is still a thing. We have no idea what's going on in the world, but that's okay. Absolutely. Because we're going to figure something out. And so I I think that's great. Absolutely. I think, I think the more that people are aware of that kind of stuff, like you guys doing yours or Satori or, friends doing you know just band day in their backyard with a bunch of i think more of it it probably be about the summer i think more and more of that will happen just because everybody's been cooped up for two years of course yes whether you've whether you've gone out and hung out you know that's that's up to you but a majority of everybody has not done Mm -hmm. a lot yeah a lot of people have been staying indoors Yes. So it's, it's, uh, I just started thinking about it and, uh, plotting it out. So who knows, you know, it's okay. something that's been in my head for a couple of years and we'll see where it goes. Hopefully it'll happen. That'll be great. Where can we direct people that are listening who, who want to follow along and, and see where, where the next time, whether it's this summer or Facebook would be good. Okay. Uh, Facebook or even my, uh, website once it gets updated. Okay. It, it hasn't been doing much because I haven't been doing much. So it's just been sitting there. Of course. But um, yeah, Facebook is pretty good. uh, And my website. Okay, perfect. And we'll have, we'll have all those links in the description. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you. That was great. He's so insightful and so good. I, I love when I discover new kinds of performance art mm-hmm. and I realize, oh, like I I know about that because I've seen Satori Circus right, right. do that before. And like his depth of knowledge is just insane. Yes. I feel like that interview could have gone on for three more hours. And, and he's the nicest guy in the whole so world. So sweet. When yes. I was in California, he was out there for a wedding and just called me up and was like, hey, 
I have a couple hours. Do you want to go grab coffee? And nice. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. I love it when there's people who I'm like giant fans of uh-huh. that I'm like, oh yeah, I, I can call that person. <laughs> <laughs> it's It never gets old uh-huh. to me. That's great. Well, our musical artist this week is someone that I just discovered. Ooh. I reached out on Facebook okay. uh, to Michigan musician mm-hmm. groups and uh, found this person this way. Actually, her husband sent me along her music, and we're going to play his music on an upcoming Ooh. episode. Her name is Annabeth Tabor, and the song is called Keep on Dreaming, and she has such a gorgeous voice i'm so and excited it's to like hear a real stripped down just like her and like one instrument uh stringed instrument i can't remember if it's like a ukulele or a, a guitar but oh my god her oh. voice is incredible i love it I'm yeah excited. so um if anyone else has music that they would like to submit to the show just uh send an email to contact at joyroadmedia.com and uh, we'll give it a listen all right so annabeth Tabor, keep on dreaming it's gonna take us out the next time people hear me i'm gonna be 50 years old 50 Keep on dreaming of my success. And we'll keep on dreaming until I wake up from this. And we'll keep on dreaming, cause that's what I do.
Another dime, or to buy me a decent coffin. 